Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hello, Rush Nation, and welcome to the Five Yard Dynasty podcast. I am your host, as usual. Liam or at the FSA tweets on Twitter and I'm joined by my co-host after a uh, fairly crazy week one Rich at Dynasty Island on Twitter how are you doing bud? Yeah very good thank you mate um, yeah sli- slightly overwhelmed um, I think you know we t- NFL players get training camp and pre-season and uh, we certainly don't get that to uh, to kind of prepare ourselves for what's coming so yeah I, I felt like I couldn't get my head around Sunday slightly. There was a lot going on, um, and yeah, but but we're here. We're enjoying it. It was a great weekend of football, and uh, yeah, ready to talk some some dynasty. Yeah, I was going to say, don't don't knock that football's back, mate. We've been waiting for this for months. Can't start knocking it now. Um, how did you do in your matchups? Did you do um, 
poorly? Did you do well? Was there a distinct I, difference between redraft and dynasty? I did pretty well. Uh, I had a 64.1% win rate, if we're being precise. Um, I lost in all three of my redraft leagues, which perhaps has shown that I need, <laughs> I need, to, need to stick to dynasty. Uh, I think I went 14 and 8 in cash dynasty. And uh, yeah, so, so it was a good week for me, basically. What about yourself? Good. Um, I think I had just over a 60% win rate in all of my leagues. Um, I did much better in my redraft than my dynasty, um, but I'm fairly sure that I'm rebuilding in a bunch of my dynasties, so I don't want to win um, quite yet. So um, before we get into the show, Rich, um, I wanted to plug the hard work that our five-yard dynasty uh, team are going to be doing every day in the um, in-season period now so to start off um we're going to have something coming out every day of um the weekday period i suppose um apart from mondays because mondays there's still games going on so you can't write about dynasty and still have um a game to go but to start off on tuesdays we've got dan and paul um, at Dan Hughes 99 and at FF Goatball. They're going to be writing the Dynasty Waivers um, column that we've got uh, coming out every Tuesday. It'll be out sometime in the morning UK time um, and they'll be taking it in turns. One one will write it, one won't and, and flip between those. And then you've also got this stream at 8 o'clock if you're listening as an audio podcast, 8 o'clock UK or 3 p.m. Eastern. And then uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, sorry, you've got the risers and fallers written by Emerson at Dynasty underscore Analyst. And um, this show also comes out as, as a pod on Wednesdays. Then on Thursdays, you've got buys and sells written by Paul at Paul underscore Picking on Twitter. Um, and then on Friday over on YouTube at Five Yard Rush. Antonio um, or at FF Lights Out 7 is going to be bringing us some deeper dives over as video content. So jam-packed all the way through the week full of um, Dynasty content. But Rich, that's enough of a plug. Let's get into our show today. Um, We've filled this. So the way that we're going to be structuring this, we're going to go through the high scorers, significant news, then the Dynasty stock market player of the week um and then me and rich have got a little competition at the end that we're going to be running all the way through the season so let's start off with the high scorers rich starting at the qb position this is four four point per touchdown uh, for quarterbacks and ppr for every other position uh patrick mahomes is back is scored uh 33.9 points um qb1 on the week um kind of stopped all the questions around the receiving core um but kelsey was his number one as usual and then josh allen at qb2 and then carson went surprising everyone um at qb3 moving over to the running back position as i said ppr so it's saquon barkley at 32 points um he he's back um another uh, another top of the position Rich Saquon Barkley being back, it's got to be feel good at some point. Yeah, it was it was mostly impressive, wasn't it? I think that um, you know we'll we'll, we'll we'll touch a little bit more on Saquon later. Um, but yeah, it was it was an incredible performance, wasn't it? 
definitely. So then um, Jonathan Taylor at 27.5 points, RB2. And then DeAndre Swift, Rich, 26.5 points. Um, he's kind of shown there that obviously don't put too much stock into week one, but he's shown there that he, he was rightfully the RB3 in Dynasty um, after a lot of question marks of over who to put in that RB3 spot. Yeah, he was, you know, this is what we'd all hoped from DeAndre Swift all along, isn't it? I think the other thing you've got to remember is that Jamal Wall Williams obviously vultured two touchdowns um, and DeAndre Swift putting up this, you know, this sort of fancy performance whilst only seeing three targets, um, I think hints at potentially what could be from uh, from him moving forward. And then moving over to the wide receiver position, Justin Jefferson tore up my Green Bay Packers. Um, we didn't seem to want to cover him whatsoever. So he scored nearly 40 points in PPR. Um, and then Cooper Cup, proving all the, um, the doubts is wrong, saying that he was not going to do what he did last season with a 30 point, uh, 32 point nearly. Uh, performance and then Devontae Adams with his college quarterback Derek Carr put up 30 points as wide receiver three tight ends we've got Travis Kelsey as I touched on uh, Patrick Mahomes favorite weapon over in Kansas City um, as tight end one and then OJ Howard at tight end two scoring 17.8 points Rich um, that was a two touchdown game wasn't it yeah if, I, I've as a as a long time OJ Howard believer, it was uh, lovely to see. But I think it's, if I can be honest, I think it's probably um, nothing to get your hopes up on. It was his only two targets on the game. Uh, it was it was the same route run both times, just flipped to the other side of the field. Um, and to be honest, the, the ball could have easily gone to Brevin Jordan, who was open both times as well. So um, nice to see him produce, but you know only ran six routes on the game of which scored two touchdowns. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not getting any hopes up in terms of whether this is the, the OJ Howard that we all dreamed of seeing. And then as the tight end three on the week, it was Taysom Hill. And yes, I said tight end, not quarterback. He has officially moved to tight end. So that ends that debate. Moving on to the significant news, Rich, um, I suppose the biggest news story right now is that Dak Prescott um, has surgery on his thumb. He's going to be out for a few weeks, um, looking like a week eight or week 10 return. Um, have you got anything to add to this? Because this is quite a significant um, injury for one of the top elite quarterbacks that we were drafting in, in the offseason. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's massive news, isn't it? I think like it's... It's big for him. Obviously, he's going to be going to be missing him for a few weeks, but it's big for that whole passing attack. It, it looks pretty poor with uh, Dak Prescott at the helm, but I've got a, a big lack of confidence now in in someone like CeeDee Lamb, Dalton Schultz. I'm not sure we're going to see anything particularly superstar like from Cooper Rush. I know there's been a lot of talk about whether they're going to go and trade for Jimmy G or something like that. I wouldn't be shocked if it was a you know a Nick Foles or an Andy Dalton or someone like that, but there's no way they're spending any major capital to go and get Jimmy G or one of these you know bigger named backups because why would they? You know, then they're not going to go and trade a, a second round pick for eight weeks of a quarterback. I think sadly this is probably the Cowboys season over, and 
if I was them, I'd be looking to build to 2023 because if you're missing Dak Prescott for eight weeks, there's no way you're making the playoffs, unfortunately. Uh, moving on, then you've got Zach Wilson um, out to week four earliest. This news came out just before week one. Um, so if you haven't seen, Zach Wilson is going to be out till about week four. Um, Elijah Mitchell, um, another big injury, MCL sprain during the uh, Bears San Francisco 49ers game. So that's going to be about eight weeks, but it looks, looks a bit rich. Yeah, absolutely. Um, huge news for a guy that, you know, we'd hoped was finally going to be the the running back that was going to change this curse from Carl Shannon, where he's had a different lead running back every year since he's been in San Francisco. But alas, it, it seems that that trend will continue. Um, I think Jeff Wilson's probably the next guy up. Um, interested to finally see Tyrion Davis-Price. He was inactive last week, but I think that that was largely down to special teams. I think, if if I'm honest, I think it's probably going to be a bit of a uh, kind of backfield by committee. I think TDP and uh, Jeff Wilson, we've seen Jeff Wilson using the passing game and in those goal line touches. So he's probably the back that I'd prefer to own this season out of the two. Um, but it'll be interesting to see uh, how things shake out this week, certainly. Um, Keenan Allen is likely to miss Thursday night, so um, that is something to watch. He did miss, he did come out of the game uh, on Sunday, and because of the short week, he is probably not going to make that game. Um, then Mac Jones left the game early as well. Um, MRIs came back negative today. It does look like muscle spasms. Just something to watch, um, especially in superflex leagues. Um, another running back, so Najee Harris. Um, left the game, likely to come back this week, but um, that was after negative MRIs, Rich. Um, Najee Harris, we don't want those injuries because he's got the he's got that volume that everyone wants at a running back position. Yeah, it's, it's really concerning. This is obviously a guy that's had that um, foot injury through camp. It came out week before the season that he'd sort of struggled through camp with it, but was going to give it a go. And apparently the two are linked so this to me says this is something that he's probably gonna struggle with all season um it's not exactly a great situation to be in when you know he's he's carrying that that nick that injury it's going to affect his his current production behind a bad offensive line so yeah i'm i'm very concerned on on Najee harris um it's difficult because i'd say i'd be looking to sell him now but I'm not sure you're going to get a fair value if you're looking to sell him now. So maybe let him play this week. Hopefully uh, it boosts his 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 value back up and then you can look to get out because um, yeah, he's, he's no longer a top five dynasty running back for me. And then moving on to the last bit of news, we've got Chris Godwin. He did end up playing in week one um, after tearing his ACL last year and um he came out of the game with a hamstring issue. It does seem to be short term, but he's likely to miss time. So just something else to watch, um, especially if you've got Chris Godwin on a on a win now team. But Rich, let's move over to the dynasty start market, mate. Um, we've got the risers and we've got the fallers. As usual, we'll start with the risers. So let's start with Saquon Barkley, who we mentioned, RB1 on the week. Um, currently RB1 on the season. Um, you have put a note in here that is probably going to take some people by surprise. So I'll just leave this one all to you, mate. 
Yeah, look, I'm I'm all back in on Saquon. Um, I'll be honest, it's I've, I I love the guy. I think he's incredible. I think that I'd wrote a couple of articles in the summer that basically my two concerns were injuries and whether he was going to get a decent target share. And we've seen now through one week that he is the Saquon of old. He's got that burst. He's got that elite athleticism that he had coming out um, that made him the RB1 in that rookie season. Uh, and he had an incredible target share. You know, he he had a 33.3% target share, which is mind-blowing. You know, that's a good week for most wide receivers. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that I talked about Saquon being that huge risk-reward potential guy that could be the overall RB1 or, or could fall out and, and offer nothing for you. But I'm, I'm fully back in on Saquon. He's up as my dynasty RB3 now. Um, I'd take him over CMC in Dynasty. I'd take him over Najee Harris. I'd, I'd take him over Austin Eckler and, and all the rest. Um, I really think that he's now playing for his NFL future. He's in that contract year. I think we see a big year from him. And I think whether it be the Giants or somebody is going to pay him decent money in free agency, because if he is fully fit, he has shown that he's, he's incredible. And finally getting back to uh, a decent target share, despite the fact that Daniel Jones was the quarterback. It's, you know, he's the, he's the one guy that, you know, can take it to the house anywhere on the field at any one time. So yeah, I'm, I'm all back in on the Saquon Barkley hype train. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I've been on uh, Barkley as a good value for the past few weeks and obviously, well, past few weeks, past few months. Uh, I'm not going to victory lap too quickly, but, yeah, I, I think Barkley, if he stays healthy, and that's been his biggest downfall is the healthiness. We've shown he was shown that he can produce even on a mediocre, if not poor team. And um, sorry to all the Giants fans listening, but yeah, I, I think if Barkley is healthy for the for the rest of the season, then goes into free agency, I don't think his value really drops depending on whatever team he goes to. Um, unless he goes into some sort of committee role, which I don't think any team would be stupid enough to pay Barkley that much money and then put him in a committee. Um, so, yeah, putting him up to your uh, dynasty, running back three, Rich, I think that is um, surprising to me. I wouldn't put him that high, but I definitely have moved him up about five or six ranks. Um, I think I've got him around running back five right now. So moving on to the other riser that we've got on the list, Rich, and that's Michael Thomas now. Um, the Saints had a um, very decent game in terms of fancy points scored, um, kind of shared the ball around that entire wide receiver room. Chris Olave got his points, Landry got his points. Um, but why did you want to speak specifically about Michael Thomas this week? Because I, I think he's... You know, if we're talking stock rises in terms of dynasty value, I think his stock value has has risen greater than anyone other than Saquon. Um, I think that the concern around him was, is he the same player? He's basically not played for two years. Are the Saints going to feature him? Is he going to get the same sort of volume with the increased other receivers in the offense? And and the answer to all those is positive. You know, we saw. 27.6% target share. You know, he was he ran route participation of 82.5%. So he's not in every snap. But I think that's a good thing for a guy like Michael Thomas. You know, he's not 
the healthiest over the past few years. So it's just giving him a few snaps here and there just, just to ease him off. But he's an absolute monster in the red zone. He can win those contested catches in short yardage. You know, we talk about him being slant boy back in the day. And, you know, he, he showed that he's still got that. He doesn't need loads of separation to win and catch the ball. Um, so, yeah, I think his his value has has risen massively. Um, I'm taking a lot of heat because I was I was a Michael Thomas sceptic. I said that I thought his career was done. I didn't think he was going to come back and be the same player. I thought, you know, he, he was basically a, a roster clogger from a dynasty perspective. But I'm happy to hold my hands up, say I was wrong. Um, and, yeah, he's up at my wide receiver 36 now in terms of dynasty. So I'm I'm very much back in. So if he has another good week, Rich, what are you doing with him then? Because oh, no. if he has another good week, I think that that value is going to keep rising. And no, I don't do think that's going to be like a peak, or do you think you can just hold on to him safely there? Yeah, I don't. I don't think he'd get much higher than thirty-six, even if he goes on and has a you know an overall wide receiver top twelve season this year. I think he'd still settle in around that sort of mid thirties. He'd probably go up a few spots, but I'm expecting him now to be a top 18 receiver for the rest of this season. So that's where I'm placing his dynasty value as wide receiver 36 because of his age, because of the contract situation, the fact that the Saints could potentially move on from him after this season, if not after next season. Um, He doesn't have that huge long-term value. So even if, you know, as I said, I'm expecting him to go on and be a, a top 18 receiver rest of season. Absolutely. So looking at um, the fallers, Rich, we've got Cam Akers from the very first game that was played in this season, um, the Rams versus the Bills. Now, Akers had an absolutely shocker of a game. Um, I have no idea whether it was the Bills' defence playing absolutely out of their mind because that front was getting pressure constantly with just a normal four-man rush. But at the same time, Akers has got a... Um, live up to the hype and looking at that game alone he he wasn't so where do you settle on Cam Akers right now because he's obviously lost his uh, lost a bit of stock but if you think yeah. about Akers in the offseason we've both been saying Henderson is a is a guy that to look out for and not just discount and it was shown in that game that they're going to use a use Henderson so is Akers a a disadvantage now after that game? I really can't make up my mind on Akers, okay? Because I think the fact that he only saw a 13% opportunity share, he saw three carries, he didn't see, I mean, you can kind of count it as a target, but it was a backward pass, so it counted as a carry. But he saw that one target slash carry. And, you know, Henderson had 80 plus percent opportunity share. That is hugely alarming. And that to me says... The Rams don't value Cam Akers as the the starting running back, and and I think that that's hugely concerning. And then yes, you can look at his three carries and say, well, he averaged he had three carries for zero yards. He's obviously you know trash. But then you, I I looked at the film, so three carries, right? So first attempt, linebacker got penetration. There was literally nowhere for Cam Akers to go. He did well to get back to the line of scrimmage. Second attempt. Ben Skronik missed a block um, that led to the edge slash linebacker completely unblocked. Again, Cam Akers did well to get back to the line scrimmage. And then his third attempt was 
a backwards pass from Matt Stafford where he caught the ball 12 yards behind the line of scrimmage. He made the D-tackle miss. He then carried two ball carriers three yards to get back to the line of scrimmage. So I don't know what people were expecting of Cam Akers to do on those three touches because to me, he basically did better than anybody could have expected him to do. So, yeah, I'm hugely concerned at the usage. I'm hugely concerned that the Rams have basically said through week one, Henderson's are back and Cam Akers is the two, potentially the three, because Kyron Williams got injured and it was only that that led to Cam Akers seeing the field. Um, but when he did get the opportunity, it wasn't really his fault. So I'm I'm lower on Akers as a result of Thursday Night Football, but there is a little bit of hope that I think you could potentially hang on to if you're a, if you're potentially an Acres stand as such. So, have you done your dynasty ranks right now, and where does he fall? And if not, I'll just move straight on to the next player. Yeah, so he's, I'm, my, my dynasty ranks are always up to date. So he is running about thirty for me. So I've got him one spot ahead of. Well, he's in the same tier as uh, Elijah Mitchell. And then behind him is James Robinson, Tony Pollard and Darrell Henderson. So I'd still rather Akers over Henderson, but it's it's a, essentially a nice edge. Um, there is very little to separate them. Moving over to the Jacksonville Jaguars, we're going to be talking about the um, the committee running back room that's happening over there as well. Um, so James Robinson was the back to own this week now. Um, everyone thought Etienne was going to be um, basically the the back to own the the better back, but James Robinson proved that he is the the uh, the back, or at least he was the back for this week. Now, Rich, where do you come down on Etienne? Because um, obviously there were high hopes coming into the season, being paired with his college quarterback after missing his rookie year. Um, but he had that one fumble, and he had he had a, a good um, yards per carry um, total. He had um, four carries for forty seven yards. But I think that's that usage is what is getting people to come off Etienne a bit. Where do you fall on Etienne right now? I'm seriously concerned. If Travis Etienne can't beat out a uh, an undrafted running back coming off an Achilles tear that wasn't expected to make it back for the majority of the season, let alone the start of the season. Um, I'm really concerned. I think it says a lot of the the Jags that Robinson did get the majority of the usage. Um, I think, yes, you know, Etienne, no doubt, was, was impressive in the few touches he had. You know, he did get that 10% target share. As you said, he did have was it 11.8 yards per carry? Um, I think it's worth yeah, pointing out that 11. Yeah, yards per carry is is more of an offensive line stat, shall we say, than perhaps a um, uh, a, a running back stat. I'd be intrigued to. Um, I've I've not got around to watching this game yet, so I'm intrigued to uh, to actually watch that and see what the breakdown was. Whether it was a case of him basically running free and uh, and being allowed to have that space to get those yards carry or whether it was that he created the space. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm very intrigued to see that. 
but it's it's hard not to knock him. You know, we were hoping that he was going to beat out James Robinson. Etienne was going to be a potential stud moving forward, and sad, sad, you know, he he's not. As I said, this is an undrafted running back. Yes, James Robinson had an incredible rookie year, but he's coming off an Achilles tear. You know, we've seen with Cam Akers, we've seen with Marlon Mack, we've seen time and time again what the Achilles tear does to a running back, and James Robinson's made it back incredibly fast and. Travis Etienne can't beat him out. So I'm I'm seriously concerned about Etienne, um, which is a shame because I had really, really high hopes for him this year. So, Rich, moving on to the player of the week, would you like to introduce who you've got as your player of the week? So for those listening that don't know uh, this segment, what we're going to be doing is picking one player that we, do, we just want to talk about that we thought had a, had a great um, game or really disappointed um the the dynasty community so um both me and rich this week have picked someone that we thought had a good week but probably looking forward um but yeah rich who have you got as your player of the week yeah so my player of the week is gerald everett um i think i've I've gone a little bit cheaper i thought i'd try and help people out and you know we're talking about cheap buys and players maybe in redraft you can go and get off the dynasty off the waiver wire sorry um i think gerald everett is is there I think he's. I'm expecting something special, something impressive from him for the rest of the year. We all want pieces of high-powered offenses. We all want those elite options. And Justin Herbert and the Chargers are absolutely one of those offenses. If you throw in the fact that Keenan Allen's done his hamstring, and yes, I know they're saying it's minor, but you know, you know, with hamstrings, you never want to rush it back. So I'm fully expecting that we're going to see a, a slightly reduced. Uh, passing game in terms of volume of options. I think Gerald Everett could see an increase in in targets. Um, through last week's week, he had a 67.6% root participation rate. So there's room to grow there. He did have a 17% targets per route run. So he, he's commanding the ball when he's on the field. And obviously he finished with three catches, 54 yards and a touchdown. Now, if you're going to take Keenan Allen out of that and potentially see more 12 personnel we're going to see more two tight ends on the field could we see an increase in that snap share go up i think that gerald everett you know is going to be a movable piece that can hopefully fill some of that role when keen allen is out injured and i think that gerald everett is absolutely a dirt cheap tight end that i reckon you can probably grab what what would you have to pay maybe two thirds maybe a uh, I wouldn't want to pay a second for him. Two thirds, maybe you maybe can two thirds. P- pivot off, pivot off a, another player. But I think that whenever a guy kind of breaks out and has a good game, everybody's immediate reaction is right. I'm going to sell high. And I've, I've I don't know if you've seen it, but I've seen Gerald Everett sneak onto a few waiver wires, uh, trade blocks, and things like that. And I think people are trying to sell high on him. So I think he could be a really interesting option that you could buy now that I think is absolutely going to help you over the the coming weeks and the rest of the season. Yeah, I I liked um, Gerald Everett before the season, not at cost, but I liked his prospects going into the year. Um, I very much doubt that this is a weekly occurrence. I mean, he was the tight end four, but only scored 14.4 fancy points, which isn't a lot in terms of what we tend to see those top tight ends um, score. We obviously missed... um, George Kittle last um, in the week just gone because he wasn't playing. So maybe that changes when we get George Kittle back. Um, 
and some of those top elite scoring tight ends do end up jumping up. But I do think that Everett is a great kind of streamer option, especially if you can stash him away on your on the bottom end of your roster and have some sort of rotation. That's what I like to do in my dynasty rosters. Um, if I can't get a top tight end and if for whatever reason um, you've got guys like Robert Tonyan, who is someone that I've had um, a lot of Evan Engram, guys like that, Gerald Everett is right there for me with those type of guys, especially with this Keenan Allen injury. Um, he's looking like he, he's a good streamable tight end option if you don't have that top um, top elite option there. Moving on to my player of the week, Rich. Um, I've chosen Robbie Anderson, and this is more because he kind of shocked everyone last season. He didn't really do anything for the entire season. There was a lot of issues over in um, Carolina the year before. He wasn't horrendous, but it wasn't too bad. Um, And he's kind of been forgotten about. He must have been one of your, say, roster cloggers, Rich, where... Um, you have him on your roster, he's probably a little bit too valuable to drop, but you also probably aren't getting anything in a trade. Um, the thing that surprised me was he he obviously had um, 100% snap share, which is um, not crazy, but it's a good sign to see him on the field for every offensive snap. And he was a wide receiver 10 on the week, so he had five receptions and eight targets for 102 yards and a touchdown. Um, I mean, the the thing that I wanted to ask you, Rich, about Robbie Anderson is what what do you kind of project for him going forward? Because DJ Moore um, obviously didn't score the same amount of points um, fantasy-wise and is in Dynasty the more valued wide receiver. But is Robbie Anderson going to be a guy that Baker Mayfield looks for a lot more? And does he become that trusted number one, or is it going to be more like a one A one B situation with those wide receivers? And um, how do you see that going down? I still think that DJ Moore is the guy to own in this offense. I think there's no oh, yeah, way I'm... that Robbie Anderson is competing with DJ uh, DJ Moore. I don't think it's ever going to be a one A one B. I think that look Baker Mayfield, he doesn't have the strongest arm. You know, he has to put an awful lot of effort into kind of those tight windows throws. But he does have, it sounds ridiculous, he doesn't have the strongest arm, but he does have the ability to throw the ball a long way. And I think that that is a big difference between him and Sam Darnold, is that Sam Darnold's deep ball, quite frankly, since he's come out of college, has has never really developed, whereas Baker's got the ability to hit Robbie Anderson deep. And I think that we're going to see that more. And I think that we're going to see, you know, almost Robbie Anderson probably end up being like a boom bust wide receiver three wide receiver four, where he's going to have some weeks like this, where he, he gets, you know, a 32% target share on Sunday. He's going to get two or three deep balls. It's going to look really good. And then there's going to be weeks where he has three or four targets. He doesn't catch a deep ball and he ends up not putting up any points and and he's going to be very much boom bust. Uh, I think the interesting f- thing for me for Robbie Anderson is that they they seem to have narrowed down his role a bit. Um, over the last couple of years, he's been a kind of 30 to 40% guy running routes out of the slot. On Sunday, he ran one route out of the slot and was almost exclusively used out wide. Um, so I think that is certainly something I'm going to be watching over the coming weeks of where they're basically they're going to say, 
right, this is your role. You are now just the deep threat. We're going to narrow down your root tree. We're not going to ask you to do lots of different things. We're just going to ask you to do one or two things. And and that will play more into that boom bust uh, kind of potential um, good flex option, but the guy that will probably kill you some weeks. So, Rich, let's move on to our um, final segment, to my knowledge, because I've checked and we don't have any questions for the mailbag yet, which I'll touch on in a minute. Um, So we've called it Flex Off, and the idea behind this is uh, myself and Rich will be going head-to-head each week. We'll be picking a Flex player um, so we've got some rules around this. So no wide receivers inside the top 36, no wide, no running backs inside the top 24, and no tight ends inside the top 12. Um, obviously no quarterbacks because it's not super flex. Um, and that's going based off Fancy Pro's ECR, so that will be changing on a weekly basis rather than going off a monthly ADP um, that may, might be out of date by the time we get towards the end of that month. So, um, Rich, I've chosen my player. He is the running back 34 in ECR right now. So um, I've chosen Cordero Patterson, and he's a guy that you were on massively before the season. Um, And then I, I just, I don't, I think with Patterson, I think he had a great game this week and he showed that he's still a part of this offense um, with London and Pitt still there. And I think that's where a lot of people were worried. I have him on a few dynasty rosters and I benched him, unfortunately, in a few places because I thought, um, I just want to see what week one brings. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong and he's on my bench. But if I'm if I'm right and um, I shouldn't have played him, then he's not going to hurt my lineup. But yeah, running back 34, he he scored like 20 odd points. I think Cordell Patterson is definitely a consideration yet again this year, like we were talking about last year. Like you were, um, kudos to you because you were massively on him all the way through the last season and going into the off season that you could probably buy cheap right now because it doesn't look like he's going to be a one-year thing over in Atlanta. Um, how do you feel about this pick, Rich, and then move on straight to your player? I'll be honest, I'm a little bit annoyed that you've picked him because I was, before we did the show, I was fine updating my week two ranks um, and I've got him ranked as a top 16 player. And at no point did I imagine that he'd be outside the top 24 in terms of ECR. So I didn't even look at him. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit... Pick if you no, really no, no, not at all. Not at all. I think it's a great pick. I think it's, you know, I wouldn't ex- wouldn't expect you to do anything else other than be slightly snidey limb. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, look, it's it's a great pick. I think, as I, well, I've just told you there, I've got him ranked RB16 currently in terms of I've not finalised my ranks for the week yet. Um, I think he's he's a great option. I think he's, you know, it's interesting. Guys like JJ Zacharyson calling him a, a sell right now because Damian Williams got injured and Damian Williams got, you know, was on the field for seven of the first 10 snaps before um, Damian Williams got injured. But 
you know, we see it time and time again over the last 18 months with Cordero Patterson. He produces and everybody wants to keep saying, well, he's not a running back. This guy's going to take the job off him. This guy's going to take the job off him. But he produces and he's really efficient. And yeah, Damian Williams can come in and, you know, take 40% of the role and take the carries between the 20. But Cordero Patterson gets used in the red zone. He gets used in, out the backfield and on uh, targeted out the backfield. He gets used running true wide receiver routes. So I'm not concerned about him disappearing. Is he going to be a top five, you know, option for the rest of the season? No, but you're not having to pay those prices. So, yeah, I, I, lo- I love the pick, Liam. I'm a little bit jealous um, because I think he's he's an absolute smash, as we said. If he's going running back, is he really 34? That is that is mad. I need to, um, yeah, because as I said, I'm obviously a hell of a lot higher than consensus on him this week. Um, so, Rich, who do you have as your player for this week? So I am going to go with a guy that didn't flash and was used in a slightly different way, but that's probably a little bit more... Uh, encouraging for me, shall we say, than uh, than I probably thought. So it's, it's Marquez Valdez-Scantling or MVS. Um, I think that basically this, this Thursday night game between the Chargers and the Chiefs could be absolutely incredible. Let's be honest, I'm very excited for it. Um, so I, I just wanted to pick a player in this game, to be quite frank. Um, look, I, I think that this offense and and what the Chiefs did on Sunday was incredible, and I think that the fact that MVS saw the targets is encouraging. But it was the way and the the places that he saw the targets. So three of his targets were actually less than nine yards downfield. Um, he he did see one slightly deeper target, but the fact that he's getting the ball. In those crossing routes over the middle, all three were in the middle of the field. That that shows to me that basically the Chiefs have gone, oh, we've got this guy who's a fantastic deep threat and is really fast, but we're going to create, you know, interesting ways to basically get him the ball. And that is really, really exciting for me because I think that, you know, if if we've got a guy that we've projected previously as a deep threat, and only a deep threat, but now we're going to see him get the ball in those short to intermediate and, and just get the ball in his hands. It's fantastic. He he ran more routes than any other wide receiver on the Chiefs on Sunday. Um, he was on the field more than any other wide receiver on Sunday. He was on the field for 51 of the 70 offensive snaps. Uh, for example, Juju was only on the field for 46. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited by what MVS could potentially be, and I, and I think that... He's currently the wide receiver 45 in ECR. Um, so if I'm desperate and I need a home run play this week, I'm definitely plugging MVS into my lineup because he could easily have a you know five or six catch, 150 yards, two touchdown game um, in the blink of an eye because all it takes is you know one deep shot and and the touchdowns there. Yeah, I I love MVS. I mean, massive fan from uh, when he was in Green Bay. I know the Green Bay fans were um, really tough on him with the the 
high profile drops that he had. But yeah, if he's used used in a much better way than he was in uh, Green Bay and started to be used as at the end of his career in Green Bay. I think that especially with uh, Patrick Mahomes, uh, he's not obviously not had a downgrade at quarterback from moving teams. So I think, yeah, if he, if he's used in a much more wider role than a, just a deep threat, then he's definitely a guy to, uh, to consider in your flex spots. Rich, um, I've got some breaking news that, I'm going to have to change my pick already. I've already messed this up week one. Um, I was looking at the wrong tab on um, Fancy Pros and Cordero Patterson is the running back 23 this week, not oh, there 34. We there we go. So, I was gobsmacked. I was gobsmacked that he's running back 34. <laughs> I was thinking, geez. So that, that makes me feel I better. Was, I'm not quite so high above consensus. I thought it was uh, it was pretty low too, but I'm going to change my pick and um, it's going to be a little bit different. I'm going to go with Drake London, um, wide receiver, 37 on the week, and I am looking at the right tab this time. Um, I mean, uh, it's going against the Rams, so it's a very tough matchup. Um, it could be against Jalen Ramsey for the majority of that game, but... Drake London, I think he's going to have some sort of breakout game. Um, and when he does, I think that's going to be big. If it's this week, then, yeah, I think Drake London is going to um, just pop off, basically. And he's already shown that he he's a big part of that offense. I mean, he had seven targets um, in the past week. So if that offense starts clicking, um, I mean, they took the Saints for, for a run of their money. Um, this week, which I don't think anyone really predicted. So um, if Drake London does start settling a bit quicker than um, a lot of people are expecting, then I think Drake London's a a good pick here. Um, Anything to add on that? No, I I really like that pick. I think that it's weird because I think I've been on this pod saying that I think Drake London's going to get used out of the slot and they'll use Cole Pitts outside and and kind of interchange the two. Well, I kind of had egg on my face because Drake London ran f- was in the slot for five snaps on Sunday and ran 50 snaps out wide. So <laughs> that the good thing is against the Rams is that hopefully that means that Drake London won't see Jalen Ramsey because Jalen Ramsey's pretty much on, on Thursday night played almost exclusively out of the slot. So hopefully that means that he'll he'll be able to, to not go against Jalen Ramsey and get free and get some open space. But yeah, I, I like the pick. Um, I, I hope that I beat you though. <laughs> so um we don't have any questions this week um i did release the tweet a little bit later than i should have today um so if you look out on monday um it'll be sometime around midday um i'll be releasing a tweet from F- at five yard dynasty on twitter um asking for your listener questions and we'll answer them on the pod at the end right in this segment here as we don't have any today rich that's all we have on the show so um we're going to sign off today's um show it's pretty pretty quick show so let's see if we can keep this um quite short for the in-season content but um remember that in-season content from all of the five yard uh, dynasty creators and obviously five yard rush as a whole has a lot more coming out redraft idp and dfs all of the all of the guys have got stuff coming out so until next week guys stay safe and we'll see you then.
are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.